Yuletide greetings and holiday cheer, a podcast with tunes and anime is near. From princess powers and silver bell chimes, to dragon princes and optimus primes, the sleighs pass by frame by frame, and Netflix positions for cartoon fame. An easy pick for this podcast louse, it's time to review the brand new Klaus. On this holiday special, we welcome celebration. Merry Christmas from Animation Destination. Podcast and animation celebration podcast. I'm your host, resident cartoon junkie Brandon Jones. I'm here with Jay Rice. Hello. And we just watched Klaus. Oh on, my goodness. On Netflix, uh, a Netflix original movie, as it were, uh, about Christmas things. About yes. Things being Christmas. It's basically the origin of Santa. It is. Say, essentially, is, I mean, there's plenty of movies that do that before. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the Rankin Bass one called? The, the Adventures just, of Santa Claus or something? I thought it was just Santa Claus. It could just be called Santa Claus. Or Santa Claus. No, it's Santa Claus is Coming to Town, I think. Is it? I can't remember. Do, Santa Claus. We're not looking it up right now. We're just thinking, movie. pondering. Now we're thinking about just going into our heads here as I, is Coming to it, Town. I was right. It is Santa Claus is Coming to Town. It could be that one. I feel like there's other ones. Nope, that's, this is the one. This is the one. Yep, is <laughs> the this one with the wizard who teaches to walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so that's what it is. Uh, yeah, the old Rankin-Bass uh, stop-motion stuff. But, you know, it's not the it's not the first time that a that a, a an origin movie for Santa has oh, happened, no. or an origin thing for Santa, let's say. Um, I'm sorry. Okay, so to interrupt the podcast for a moment here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, we're watching, we just watched Klaus, Netflix is kind of scrolling through their stuff, we see the good ads for The Good Place and things that are, I was like, we just saw a little poster for December 26th, Fast and the Furious Spy Bye. Racers, and it was a cartoon what? for Fast and the Furious, What I guess. the... Okay, sure. And John Mulaney's getting his own show now. Well, I knew John. I knew <laughs> I John Mulaney was getting a, a show with with kids, which is a bit odd. Uh, uh, but yes. uh, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be facetiously like a kid show. But yeah, okay. So that that's a that's an animated series. Maybe we'll cover uh, Fast, Fast and the and Furious, Furious Spy Racers on a future episode. Maybe it's really good. I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> Not gonna judge. I judged. Uh, I judged Rise of the Team and T beforehand, and that was that, a mistake. That's fair. Because Rise of the Team and T is fantastic, and everyone should watch that show. I don't like it. Uh, it's great. <laughs> I absolutely love that show. I think it's fantastic. I'm it glad has, you like it. It has good comedic timing. It has beautiful animation. Um, voice acting is really good and the voice acting is stellar uh everyone should watch that show i get it i understand that people don't like when they take something that's you know like they just did a when really it, good tmnt cartoon yes that, like, took it into like a you know like kept it with like good for adults and it was great for kids too and then they went like really super comedic with it but 
TMNT has always kind of been comedic it, since the cartoon. It, it was no, you know, but it, it's like you know, it's like it, it's it's. This is an argument for another podcast. It, it is an argument <laughs> for another podcast, which I will have any day, honestly. But uh, what we ta- what we're talking about today, uh, because no other reason than it's Christmas, we don't have any other news to talk about. Of course, certainly isn't because this is ten days before this is actually out there, and I don't want to cover news that's probably going to be covered on several episodes prior to this um <laughs> so what i'd like to do is just let's just jump right into it shall let's we do it let's jump right into klaus uh that's what we're doing so klaus uh did you like it oh my goodness did you like it it's so beautiful i thought it was good too it really wasn't what i was expecting to be no. honest because you go into the trailers and you think oh, okay it's a postman and he's just trying to get toys for some kids, kids who have yeah. it really poorly yeah. it's true they they, they do you, you pointed that out uh earlier today they the, the trailer was very much uh uh pic, you know depicting jesper as being like kind of like this kind-hearted yeah. dude who's kind of sway over the old klaus the old grumpy man you yeah know, who just lives like in the woods who just lives the woods. and it's not at all it no <laughs> jesper's Kind of a spoiled brat. He's <laughs> like, awful. He's, he's kind of a spoiled rich little brat, and uh, yeah, they, he's out for doing his own thing, and mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 kind of brilliant the way they do things. Uh, but yeah, uh, the basic plot, let's say. Um, well, first off, let's go over like who made this, like what what this mm-hmm. is. So uh, the person that made this is Sergio Pablos. Uh, mm-hmm. Sergio Pablos is a uh, longtime old Disney vet. Uh, he's a Spanish animator, um, and he—he's uh, created the Despicable Me franchise as well. So you know he's done. Lots I don't know of if I can appreciate him for that. Eh, it, it, look, the, the franchise grew a little bit, but the first one has a lot of heart to it. First one's good. The first one has a lot of heart to it. And Second it, one's not bad. It—it it, it, it grows into a monster. Let's agree it, on that. Uh, it, fair. It, it grows. But Despicable Me. It. But the first Despicable Me, I think, is actually quite, quite touching in a lot of ways, and it, it has a lot of. Uh, fun aspects of it and great character design it does have good characters which is what he's known for anyway so uh but yeah he's character designer on the goofy movie you know it's all the way back to once upon a forest Uh, so 1993 i think was his first bit of work with him hunchback of notre dame hercules tarzan which tarzan is a beautiful oh my goodness it's absolutely gorgeous uh tarzan's that one that's like the underappreciate if i ever do an underappreciated disney movie episode or month because I could do a whole yeah, whole you could month do on it like yeah. a whole each week. I could do a whole month on it. I could do Atlantis. I could do uh, Tarzan. I could do uh, uh, Treasure Planet. Oh uh, yeah, that's Treasure what I was going to say. One of my favorites, and and probably another one at some point. I could think of something Hercules. else. Uh, Hercules probably he get they get, Hercules gets a lot of love nowadays. Yeah, I didn't like it when I was a kid. I like it a lot more now. I loved it. So, yeah, I, I for some reason I was like. It was something about it, but uh, same with Tarzan. I enjoyed Tarzan much more when I was like older. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. I should probably throw some but, uh, movies with some female yeah. characters in there too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it's uh, Treasure Planet's in there. Obviously, he did yeah. Treasure Planet, Despicable Me. He did lots of work. A uh, big span of nothing in between uh, Treasure Planet and Despicable Me. I mean, he did Stuart. when he was working on Klaus. Yeah, I guess might might have been. <laughs> uh, no, so Klaus was actually kickstarted uh, forever ago, which was interesting. So. Uh, and it was picked up uh, by Netflix after a very successful Kickstarter campaign. So, mm-hmm. um, which they'll pick up just about anything. Yeah, you know but, things things you know. that will get get a good good run of things. But uh, 
But yeah, it was uh, created by uh, Sergio Pablos Animation Studios, Spa Studios, Spa Studios, S P A Studios. I don't know if they call it Spa. Probably not. Um, Probably because after you come out of the movie, you feel relaxed. And yeah, just, a little bit. Like, a little rejuvenated. A little rejuvenated after watching the movie, which I did. I don't oh, know. absolutely. I, I felt rejuvenated. Um, but yeah, man, I, I like the Christmas stress is just yeah. slightly alleviated. <laughs> yes, exactly. It, there, there's something about uh, I don't know. There's something about this movie that really extrapolates all the Christmasness out of things for people who appreciate Christmas movies. I feel like people they will like this is. This will hit all the markers for me. Oh, yes. You know, because it, it hits all the emotional hits for me as well. And, uh, I don't know, it really encapsulated what it was in, in, in its finest form, which I always mm-hmm. have appreciated. So, And um, it really doesn't start off that way at no. all. Because, you know, you have, a, you have a selfish brat as the yeah. main character who's... And- being who's pampered and and mm-hmm. has no no idea of work ethic or or anything of the sort of responsibility mm-hmm. and then his dad uh, decides to finally bring yeah, the hammer down kick, and kick his kick him into high gear you know yeah. and like they he sends him to uh, uh Smearinsburg, which is a great little fake town uh Smearinsburg is in the like up in the arctic yeah <laughs> like, like i think it's beyond the Arctic because the aurora One might even say yeah. the north pole yeah basically yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh yeah it's up in the north pole uh basically near it obviously you know so um you know it, again it's it's a santa origin story and everything but it's about this kid uh jesper johansson gets uh gets sent up to be a postman in uh in in Smearinsburg to be to, to basically set up a successful post office. Yes. Otherwise, he's cut off from his father. Yeah, cut off from all of his work because he, you know, obviously he's he's not he's not taking any of his work seriously. He's being pampered, and he's obviously had these. I like how they how they sort of like establish that they've had these conversations before because mm. Jesper is just saying. Like all the things that his dad has obviously said to him prior, and it's like, oh, yes. yeah, and you're disappointed in me. Disappointed but in me. I'm sorry. I, I'm such a failure. I'll, I'll just have to think on my on my failures in my in my room with my silk sheets and <laughs> my cocoa, and uh, obviously uh, says no more of this. I'm not going to watch you fail deliberately. Go and establish a post office out in this wilderness area that no one's ever done it before. Or else so, you're in the gutter. Or else cut off entirely from the mm-hmm. family fortune. Um, you know, because his dad is, of course, the head of the postman academy. academy. So, you know, I guess the I don't know who started that. I guess you know the Pony Express, Benjamin Franklin. Back. Yeah, Benjamin Franklin, the Pony Express. Yeah, yeah. all the way back in the day. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, good, good American history there. Yeah, Jay, appreciate it. That's why I bring you on for these little. <laughs> I know some things. <laughs> little here tidbits and there. of knowledge. That's what I like. Uh, but yeah, so um, you know, so he has to go establish a post thing, and obviously, Smearinsburg is this wretched wretched town of of scum and villainy it's a moss isley of the north pole basically not really it's more of a it's more of a hetfields mccoy's uh sort yeah, of situation yeah, yet that's... yet it's the town of feuds the town of of uh grudges mm-hmm. revenge that sort of thing absolutely harpoons being thrown at people's doors yes. <laughs> the yeah. residents have yeah. a uh a eternal feud between yes. each other yes. that the has cr- been going on for decades. What was cr- it? The Crumbs and the Ellen... Uh, uh, Ellingbows. Ellingbows. Yes. The crumbs and the Ellingbows. Uh, redhead Ellingbows and the dark, gothic, uh, black-haired Crumbs. They all look like... They look like the Adams Family. They like do every, look like every, the Adams Family. Everybody <laughs> looks like the Adams Family. And then uh, the Crumbs are all 
redheads and weirdos. And Will Sasso plays one of them, I think. <laughs> like, so, yes. Yeah, but uh, he does a phenomenal job. <laughs> yeah, Sasso's great. Uh, but yeah, man, it great, great cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have first person that he meets uh, before getting there is the is the the ferryman Morgan or uh, Mo- Mogans. Yeah, Mogans, I think is his name. But played by Norm Macdonald, which yes. is the best thing in the whole thing. The voice acting's great in this, but uh, Norm oh, Macdonald, Norm Macdonald just being a just being an absolute uh, monster through the whole thing. <laughs> you know? like, he's just he's just he, torturing the postman yeah, throughout tor- the whole thing, tor- no matter what he does. He tortures anybody. He he likes to just prod any form of hope out of anybody. I don't know. It's it's the most bizarre character I think I've ever. Because he never has an arc, he never like has a development, no. he never changes. He just torments people with his sarcastic wit about yeah. how horrible this town is, and just it's like he like feeds off of the negative energy of other people. He's a he's some sort of, as you called him, some sort of like mischievous god. Yeah, <laughs> like, he is like a deity. And he, you know, that's that's Norm Macdonald, you know. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's who he is as a person. I think so. I think so, yeah. <laughs> if you ever watch his podcast, you're not far off. He loves torturing people, especially his friends. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know, Jesper has to set up this whole thing, and it's a big mess, and he can't possibly. And they do a great job of like establishing like just how screwed up this whole town is with the battle bell. He actually, or he rings a bell in the middle of town, mm-hmm. and it starts a battle, and he has to. Ring it again to <laughs> to make sure it stops. You know, to it has to ring again before it stops or whatever. And whoever rings it obviously lost the battle. So it, it, it's all going on. But then he meets this woman, uh, Alva, who is in a fish shop, which she's a fishmonger, which used to be a school. Yes, <laughs> like, and that's where you get the whole like, like this is this is the destiny of anyone who comes here, oh, like yeah. looking for any kind of like hope or change or anything of the sort. Uh, you know, she's, nothing about misery and fish. She, she's she's battered by everything. You know, she can't. The fish, the fish are also battered. Yes, yeah. She's chopping up fish, and she's just like, "What do you want? You want to buy anything?" Just completely, you know, shut out. And she's like, "Isn't this a school?" And it's like, and he's like, "Oh, that's what I forgot." <laughs> the children. children. But she has like a little picture of herself up on the thing where her graduating, like wanting to become a teacher, and it's just all <laughs> completely faded from her and. Uh, it's, it's it's good stuff, man. Like it it, it 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 immediately establishes like anything. Dreams come here to die, basically, and which is what's really good about this. This I really appreciate about it. I don't know what's so good about this, but just the idea that the change started to come about from a very selfish end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, Jesper is determined to mm. get back to his cushy little lifestyle. Yeah. You know determined to get back to what he what he what he used to live as um so he can't possibly you know he can't go to the gutter so he has to make this whole thing he can't live here so he has to make this whole thing work he has to deliver six thousand letters i mm-hmm. think that's the established uh, amount uh for for an established post office uh so six thousand letters he has to establish and of course no one's sending letters to no, each other and they, they know they, how to send their yeah. me- get their message across <laughs> without letters yeah with harpoons and cannons and yep. things like that, so it's um through killing old man they, off of buildings. Yeah, with bodies like taking dead bodies through alleyways. <laughs> like there's there are several dead bodies. <laughs> like they don't establish they actually are. It would have been nice if like there was a scene. Where, I feel like there's a cut scene of them like opening that up and it not being a dead body. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so 
Um, but yeah, it, it's it, it, it's it's funny because he he goes about it in the most selfish reason possible. He has to get out of here. He has to get mm-hmm. out of this place. He has to get back to his cushy lifestyle. So he's gonna start kind of manipulating the system a little bit. He finds a kid's drawing, and he's like, hey, kid, I can mail this back to you. And then he gets chased down by his dad with the evil dogs, which yes. every character design in this is phenomenal. Oh, my like. God, they're so beautiful. And, and so he starts to manipulate. It's like he goes to this old man in the cat, old man in the woods, who's Klaus, who's, you know, big, white-bearded man played mm-hmm. by J.K. Simmons. and uh, Giant axes all over him. Right. And he thinks, like, he goes there to, like, try and, like, oh, maybe I can get this guy to, to, to deliver some letter or to deliver a letter to somebody or if he needs anything. He's trying to find service anywhere he can because he can't. Yeah. Uh, and then he ends up leaving the drawing there, and Klaus ends up making it, or boxing up a toy for the kid who had the drawing. It's a very sad drawing of him, like, living in this house alone. He's very sad, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Klaus just gives him wraps up a toy and he gives it to him is like you're you know you're a postman right we'll deliver this so he has to deliver the toy and that ends up giving this kid you know some lovey little bit of hope a little bit of hope and he spreads the hope he tells all the other kids about everything it's so good the way it just like the way they organically spread everything but then like that immediately like clues into because he gets the toy and it's a little frog and he starts playing with it right well then the neighbor girl who Mm -hmm. is the rival, yes. part of the rival family, Ellingbow, and they start chasing the frog around, yeah. and the parents come out and are just horrified, horrified. that these two the, kids are playing together. The, yeah, of course. The, and then we learn about yeah. the uh, whole yeah. uh, culture of yes. this island and right. how, how decades cent- and centuries, centuries old. There's even cave paintings of them hitting each other, <laughs> and it's like, oh man, I love it. Uh, Which like. Yeah. How, how have they not killed each other off? You know, they're, because they got to have really that, inefficient. That's the thing. They just got to have that hatred. It's just got to be there. You know, <laughs> it's got to be. That. It's more about the fight than winning the fight. You know, that, it's that's it, just silly. It is. It's sad. That's the whole point of it. <laughs> like that's the whole point of it. It's like they don't even know why they hate each other. And mm-hmm. They end up, and again, like great little themes like that throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Um, you have, uh, you know, just this little little bit of like just that one. Uh, again, coming from like an active set, and this whole plan that Jesper is like kind of coming up with is all just to get get what he needs from everything. But it's all it, it, it's all spreading goodwill throughout everything because Klaus has this saying that was put into his ear from his uh, from his late wife, his late wife of a uh, good you know a, a, a true, self- selfless, true selfless act will always spark another. always spark another and you know that's that's a hundred percent true yes uh paying it forward has always been a thing since i was a kid and all the way up to since uh, mm-hmm. it was and that that really does embody a lot of the reasons why i appreciate that there was there was a trend a lot a little while ago and i noticed this for a few people a few people that i worked with uh not so they, they, they had no interest in telling their kid about santa claus like mm-hmm. ah, it's lies it's nonsense it's just you know kind of yeah, I, Some people do that. I, I can see I can see the value in, in saying that or whatever, but they'll always tell their kid not to let that parse over to somebody else, and that always interested me. It's like you. That's it's like nice. I'm not going to like I'm not going to like say this whole thing, but don't ruin it for the kid. So I'm so I'm just sort of weirded out by that. It's like yeah. why is it ruining something if you think it's so bad to lie to the kid? <laughs> Why is it ruining something? Why is it okay for your kid to lie to other kids? Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like that thing. It's like, because it's not about the lie. It's not about that. What Santa Claus has always been about, 
It's always been about giving unconditionally. You're not giving thank. You're not getting getting thanks for something that you're giving. Yeah. It's a completely third party that is doing this. It's unconditional gratitude. You know, it's unconditional, not gratitude. Uh, Love. Yeah, yeah. Un- unconditional. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like uh, kindness. You know, you're giving something to somebody with no repudiation to get anything back even yes. not even gratitude is coming back for you because it's santa's name is on it yeah. that's always been the embodiment to me of santa and that's what it teaches people there's a great little thing that kind of circulated the internet the way it is of uh uh how this guy described to his dad i forget the it's from a book from a quote from a book but how he just how he told uh his kid that santa wasn't real or anything mm-hmm. he's pretty young and he said he figured it out and he's like He's sort of like, yeah, I, I get that, like, you know, Santa's not real and it's, and it's for you. And he's like, that's good, son. Uh, you're right. I'm, and it's like, I'm, I've been giving the presents and everything like that, but I need you to know that now you have a responsibility. That now you can't say that to younger kids who still believe it. You can't, you have to let them know that because that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's about giving unconditionally. It's about mm-hmm. being kind without receiving anything. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, pretty much exactly what this movie gets across Absolutely. in every way shape and form even though it's coming from a completely selfish well, area the thing which, it, of it is is that yeah. jesper learns what Ex- it means to give this exactly and, like, yeah, like later in the movie mm-hmm. there's a little there's a little sami girl yeah who he doesn't understand doesn't give two blanks about right and as like he's just annoyed by her right basically right and after working with klaus for so long he learns to appreciate any affection he can find right and they work together uh to build her a little toy mm-hmm. yeah because now, they put the effort in to try and yeah. understand her not only that he even works with alva to learn you know the sign language, language the yeah. language to figure out what she's saying so and she wants to get and she wants a boat yeah, yeah and, yeah, and that—that's the thing. Is just like it comes from like because it—it it really exemplifies that whole thing that I had with like you know these coers. Like I'm not going to tell my kid it's blah blah blah. You know, it's this sort of like this sort of like cynical look at what's going on because yeah. Jesper has that cynical outlook. He's even talking to Klaus about it. It's just like everybody's out for something, man. Everybody's got to mm-hmm. get something, you know. And even though he won't say what his is because he's got to lie because you have to have that. That dumb liar plot that happens in every movie. <laughs> like, you lied! It Arr, was well done, sense. though. It was decently well done, and it didn't take up more than five minutes of screen yes. time. So I'm okay with it. <laughs> so I'm okay with it. So long as it doesn't take up too much time. It's like, and yeah, I didn't really have like any recourse for it. But like, no. it would have been funny if like, you know, it was just like, yeah, he was just doing it for the letters. Like, yeah, I told him last week. <laughs> like, 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 yeah, I told him this last week. Yeah. Like, we get it. Like, we get it. I'm a good person now. I think there was enough conflict for it to be. It's, it's always that thing that has to happen. They have to catch the guy in a lie. Yeah. It's a trope that's used over and over. And it, it works to some degrees and it's fine. It's whatever. But uh, like I think there was enough conflict within the town's traditions oh, of yes. hatred that could have like really like. And I, I, I like the, the villains in this too. The two, the crumb and the. And the Ellingbow leaders—they thought they were interesting. They played off yeah. of each other really well. Oh, yeah. And the yeah. one, the the old woman who's just tired of this idiot. <laughs> How have we never, never defeated, defeated you? She's <laughs> <laughs> like flabbergasted. <laughs> We've somehow never beaten him. They've never uh, beaten him because he's such an idiot. Um, but um, and so to me, that's a lot what this what this <laughs> movie captures in a lot of ways. It's, mm-hmm. it's that, it's that sort of thing of like, Oh, you have this like, like, well, nobody does anything. It's 
it breaks down that Ayn Rand wall, you know. Yes. It's like it's like now I I love Ayn Rand's work. I think she's a very interesting character, but she has a very cynical view of no one is selfless, no one is you know that. Yes. You know, it's like yes. Everyone does something for for themselves, and to a degree, she's not wrong. No, not at all. But there is there there is such a thing as selfless acts of kindness and and not reciprocating, even if you're doing it to feel better about yourself. Yes. Which one could argue that still does it still. What yes. what are you actually getting out of feeling better? Like you know, like, other than just spreading that to other people, which is making a good other thing. people happy. Yeah, is its own reward. Exactly, and like, and yeah, even if you're getting something out of it, you're still spreading it to everybody else. It's yeah. very, yeah, and, and that's really it's what it's the it disease everyone wants. It's the disease everybody wants. Everyone should spread kindness and love. It's what if, what if it was just a disease? <laughs> we just sneezed onto people. <laughs> we could bottle that, man. <laughs> like sell it to people. Sorry, they probably already they do. It's called drugs. The, drugs. Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> like, you talking about drugs? I don't know. I don't know this is a Santa. About. This is yeah. a Santa movie. Let's oh, not yeah. talk about drugs. Let's not talk about drugs anymore. Uh, <laughs> unless unless that's what they asked for. You know if it did. But mm. I, I did. And one thing I did really enjoy about uh, uh, this movie was the like you said second act of this movie is a bunch of montages it is it, but, but it works it's so good <laughs> like it's it's literally just a montage of kids writing letters mm-hmm. and then a montage of them and, delivering the presents yeah but it's so it's done so well with great uh, with a great score yeah and it's wet, beautifully animated mm. you mentioned yourself like yeah. just the snow falling off and hitting oh, yeah. jesper in the face was yeah. gorgeous to watch it's gorgeous to look it's at it's hilarious but and it's still gorgeous the the montages serve the purpose of telling the legend of how santa the legend of santa became a yes. thing which is brilliant because like the kids would tell us like if you write him a letter he gets he'll give you presents and like oh it's a, yeah. and you know and like he comes down chimneys because jasper would come down the chimneys and like because <laughs> i was just they accidentally sent him through a chimney because he had to get around these garden and they even interrupt it to introduce yeah. like oh, well hey why did i get a toy i wrote him a letter right yeah well that's because he has a naughty, naughty list <laughs> which is great that, that was a, that was a great little well scene. you told him yeah like no, no. He, just, he, just he just knows. knows. He knows this stuff, and so that ended up for the kids doing good deeds and yeah. and you know helping out the the dad who broke his leg, and it was a bunch of yeah. You know, oh man! Although so now that I think about it, yeah, they really aren't teaching the kids that yeah. like, one good deed. Yeah. Uh, well, sparked, it, it again, should go unrewarded well, because yeah. they're just doing it to get rewarded. <laughs> it's true, but still, it's like, but it, again, it yeah, you you, you there's there's um. You know, it, again. And it does eventually build into the feud kind of diffusing right. and people still enjoying exactly. each other's and, company. And again, and, and that's the thing is like, but it still is, yeah, they're, they're doing it to get a toy, but the toy is given to them selflessly. Yes. You know what I mean? So, you know, so that is an acting and selfless act for them, blah, blah, blah. Yes, they're getting something out of it. There's a, you could go into all sorts of deep rooted uh, uh, Let's do it. Uh, Ayn Randian this is sort the, of. You know, this is the podcast like, to do. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like of, of where that comes from, but yeah. but they they end up because even then they end up wanting to learn, mm-hmm. you know, from it. You know, they which is one of my it's my favorite scene in the whole movie. The, the where they show up at her fish shop. These yeah. kids who don't know how to write. It's like we don't know how to write. It's like well, go to school and learn. So they show up in at school, school, and she's just like, what the. What? What is happening? <laughs> like she's like brushing her teeth, like chopping up. Why don't you guys write and, some vowels? We don't got no books. We don't got no books. We're pencils, and she's like, Ugh. And fine. <laughs> and it's this great moment. It's my favorite. Again, it's my favorite scene in the whole thing because these kids show up because they want to be able to write a letter to Santa, and uh, and, and they want to be able to write a letter for Santa, and 
they have to be able to write their name. That's mm-hmm. literally all they need to be able to do is just to write their name. Um, and this is again one of those things like yeah, maybe it's a selfish reason. They want to they want a toy, so they want to learn to write their name, so they go to school. And she just wants them out of the place. Like I gotta have selfish because I'm trying to get enough money to get out of here. Yeah. So I'll teach you something and you'll leave. Deal. It's like okay, cool. So she teaches them how to write. She's being all cynical. She's all up against the wall. It's like, yay, it's your name. It's amazing. Way to go. And genuine, absolute joy on this girl's uh. face that she knows how to write her name now. And Alva's eyes just light up yes. at this idea that, you know, she's that, teaching. <laughs> that's that's yeah. one of the key things that yeah. really hit me. Yeah. Because yeah. I adore when kids learn something yeah. that they are excited about. Exactly. That, yeah. Stuff gets me like it's a I'm, Christmas episode. Okay? It gets me also a PG podcast. Oh, I love I yeah, love yeah. it when kids yeah. learn new stuff and they are passionate about it. Yeah, yeah, that's and, my favorite. And it, it that, it's my favorite scene in the whole movie is just when they show up and she writes this mm. writes her name down and it's like, can I learn something else tomorrow? And she just gets this smile and they all you know they all get to learn and write their names. She leaves and then she's got this savings box and she's like. She's thinking about it and thinking about it. And she pulls some money out to start to buy the kids' books. It's like, ah, it's so good. I love it. I absolutely love that scene. It's like, <coughs> it, uh, it it welled me up. It welled mm-hmm. me up inside. It got yep. me a little bit. I got a little bit, of, a little bit of the feels. But again, see, it's it was that it was like, oh, it's a selfish act that they wanted to get this toy. Yeah. But that led them to wanting to learn more, even more than they needed to. Yeah. Because all they needed to do is learn to write their names. That's now they're learning math yeah. and yeah. all sorts yeah. of stuff. All learning all Singing. sorts. Singing. And they were writing letters to to Klaus to you know say like she's the best teacher ever and like mm-hmm. I did this thing to help him. He seemed like <laughs> he liked it, you know. And they're all doing these good things and learning to love just doing that not just for getting a toy you know and it's great it's absolutely wonderful and that's that to me is the spirit of christmas jay yes. it's the spirit of christmas oh my goodness and it's wonderful and i love it and everyone should watch this movie this movie like is getting recognition it deserves more. Uh, it deserves all the more. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I, I know people People are going to see Frozen 2. It's probably going to make a billion dollars again because Frozen makes a billion dollars. <laughs> That's what it does. Um, you uh, sound a little bitter about that. I'm not maybe, bitter. I'm not maybe bitter, bitter cold. I'm not bitter about it. It's just sort of, it's like, I think again. you need to chill. I wanted to do an episode on Frozen 2 because I thought I was going to enjoy it. And I ended up not really enjoying it all oh, that no. much. <laughs> like, so... You know, it's it's fine standard Disney sequel affair, but that's about it. Like it's not That's fair. Yeah, it's not that good or interesting or I'll I'll go watch it, it and so. start a new podcast and you, talk all about it. You know it. what? If you want to go watch that movie, if you enjoy it more than me, I'd love for you to come back with a podcast on it cuz have... if, if you can spot something a little deeper than I was able to see, I'm determined now. I'm going to go do you, it. You go right ahead. I I find that movie shallow. I'm gonna dive into. <laughs> I'm gonna dive right into that I, I, movie and hurt myself doing it. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, right into the ice. Um, <laughs> I, I find that movie shallow. But anyway, um, uh, but but what's not shallow is this movie. I think this movie needs a lot more recognition. Obviously. Absolutely. I think it needs more uh, more oomph, more uh, press. People should be talking about this thing more. Not just because of. Uh, it embodying the Christmas spirit, not just because it's only on Netflix, only on Netflix, oh. quote unquote, because Netflix is pr- no longer a dumping ground 
Um, it no. actually has you know things of merit uh, attached to it. Um, they they just needed to not have any more Cloverfield pro, uh, no. experiments or no. whatever the heck that terrible movie was. <laughs> uh, just, don't don't they they need to be very careful about being that that. I just dump it on home video. You know how that happens? Yes, like yes. that you don't want to be I just dump it on Netflix, you know, put the garbage on Netflix. <laughs> There's a lot of garbage on Netflix. I'm not there gonna is. lie. There's a lot of trash on Netflix. But there are plenty of kernels of goodness that come mm-hmm. to this thing exclusively. And, and this is a this is a diamond in the rough. Yes, absolutely. It's it's an absolute diamond. It's perfect it's it's a perfect Christmas movie. And it's a beautiful movie. That is the other reason I want to talk oh, about Oh, absolutely. It. This movie is gorgeous on every way, shape, and form. It is a 2D animated film. And if you look at this, you would say, you're lying. You're <laughs> lying, good sir. There's no way this is a 2D animated film. It is. It is entirely 2D. It was drawn on a 2D platform. All computer... Uh, oh, yes. All computer-generated uh, 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 cells and everything like that. Because... Drawing on, you know, paper is hard because you have to ship it to people and then ink over it and then color it and then make it into a cell and then flip it through a camera. And mm-hmm. it's why we haven't had Hullabaloo yet. So, you know, it's <laughs> like, when did they start that? 2014? Yeah. And we still don't have a single episode of Hullabaloo out yet, which is a shame. I can't wait for it to happen, but it takes a while. Cause it's all <laughs> pen and paper versions of, of animation, you know? One day. It takes a long time. One day. Uh, one day we'll get it. Uh, that's another Disney uh, Disney vet doing that one too, mm-hmm. um, but this was all done uh, 2D on a 2D mm-hmm. plane. Uh, each you know frame you know uh, done that way or uh, you know frame by frame animation. Do they uh, do? Uh, oh, what are you trying to think of the word? Rotoscoping. What yeah, are you, what are you talking about? What are you talking like about? Three. It's what? It's what? Wow, that was really bad. That's what Looney Tunes you, used. You are you are grinding this thing for, to a halt. What are you talking about? It's like what Looney Tunes <laughs> used for animation for uh, three. Is it like the three page or? Yeah. Well, well, it's it, it's all digitally, so they don't have yeah. actual pages. But yeah, okay. the onioning, the onion skinning. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frame by frame. Yeah, yes. that's basically what it is. Okay. Uh, so we um, and so it's frame by frame animation for each one. But what they did that's brilliant that makes this thing look commercially viable Mm -hmm. let's say uh because for some reason uh 2d animation does not it does not translate to box office success anymore uh in uh in in theaters which is sad and wrong and stupid and foolish and (laughs) everyone should feel bad about that because everybody thinks that cg oh you can do so much more with cg you can do a lot of things with cg yes there's an art form to 2d animation though there is and this succeeds in it yeah that cannot be captured with 3d animation uh this succeeds in that wholeheartedly it also has the benefit of having character designers from old school disney Mm -hmm. so you have a real 101 dalmatians feel to it um it's beautiful in in every fashion the 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 looks on their faces, the expressions they give are vibrant and crazy and just like out there. It's like you said, Looney Tunes. It's yeah. all, you know, it's, it's that old school Disney, you know, prowess to it. Um, but what gives it that extra bit of flair is just the lighting. That's, oh, absolutely. That's all it is, is a 3D lighting effect that mm-hmm. they have on this thing. I think the program is called Mo, M O E. I think it's called Mo. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, and, I, and, and that basically they render the lighting in there. This, this was a technique that was basically started with Roger Rabbit. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, you're right. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. Done, it wasn't done with computers, obviously. Oh, no. it, was, it was very, you know, it was, it was, there was a lot that went into that movie. Because, uh, 
and that's why they call it bumping the lamp. But um, yeah. so uh, there's there's which a, they freaking yeah. smashed the yeah. lamp in this. Exactly. There is a phrase in Disney called "bump the lamp" that was started with Who Framed Roger Rabbit mm-hmm. in the scene where Roger or where Eddie Valiant hits the lamp and the lamp is swinging around during the scene. The animators had to animate every bit of the shading that was on Roger to match this lamp going mm-hmm. around, and they could have not done that. No, but they did, and it looked <laughs> perfect, and it was great. Um, and that's since thenceforth. Anytime you're going to take something up to another to another level of effort, they call it bumping the lamp. That's what they call it in in Disney, and this is a bump the lamp situation, uh, mainly because. So they took the, but what happened in Who Framed Roger Rabbit as well is that they had three layers for each animated character. Mm-hmm. You typically just have the one layer of color. That's what yeah. you have. You have the you have the inking. You have the layer of color. They had three layers of color. They had the layer of color. They had tint and they had shade. Mm-hmm. All three layers to give that three dimensional feel because they're going to be interacting with three dimensional people. Yeah. So how do you make it look decent to them standing next to a three dimensional person and they're flat two D on something? You have to shade them properly. So that's basically what this does. It does it. It's a computer that does it algorithmically. You basically uh, uh, put in. You have a rotating image of like each character. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the you know the side image, three quarters front, three quarters side image, and then you have the lighting effect on that scene, basically bouncing off and shading off of them algorithmically, and mm-hmm. then you have like a an over painted texturizing over top of that as well there's a great video that kind of uh, symbolizes this if you yeah. if you look up how klaus was made there's a guy who basically extrapolated because they don't really give all the um secrets away and like oh, their production no. stuff why would they yeah uh, but this guy kind of extrapolates it pretty easily because like he looks at the, the stuff they use and everything he's like all right i think they did this 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 and this and it's pretty smart the way he did it and he kind of like reanimated part of the the little animated trailer where he's like, ah, where he's like pitching to Klaus or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, which isn't actually in the movie. So I was like, but... Uh, oh, well, it wasn't. You're yeah, right. but it, but the trailer had it. So he like kind of redoes it and like kind of reshades like where, how this stuff works and what they do to have to use it. Because then you have that, you have that regular shading that just sort of like algorithmically shades however things are hitting the light, or mm-hmm. however the light's hitting the scene. And then they have... Uh, uh, added on layers of texture shading over top of it. So, like, if they're passing by a tree, you know, the tree will, will move past it and everything like that. But it will also move with how they're moving and everything. Yeah. So, it, it adds that extra layer of, of texture on top of it. So, there's, like, I don't know, uh, about six layers of actual texture for each scene. But since it's all done algorithmically with a computer... It's not even half as much work as the three no. layers were in in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, so it gives it that commercially viable three D feel mm-hmm. without the work that you would need to do that yeah. with two D animation. And you would and, think with yeah. how far this is this has progressed, there would yeah. be more two D movies out, right? Yeah. So, but that's the thing is just like I guess it was just that sort of idea of like it need. I think Klaus was needed for that specifically. I think we're gonna start seeing things like that now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to see that because the like I love the grainy texture mm-hmm. the movie has throughout yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, and I just I really just want more of that. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like I, you I, said, I want I, more I, everything to be this now. <laughs> whenever something looks different nowadays, I get, I just gravitate towards it because mm-hmm. I I always bring up who uh, How to Train Your Dragon um, uh, whenever I think about this stuff uh, because How to Train Your Dragon the con- the concept art 
mm-hmm. was very close to the book. The book is a very sharp-edged type of book. Like, character designs are very sharp. The, the dragons, they, they actually have it in the books, you know, the way they draw the dragons in the, oh, really? okay. the book. That's how they look in the book. They're all, like, really jagged, evil-looking things. And, like, and that's how the book looks. And the original character designs for the movie had that sort of sharpness to them. They were, like, really huh. sharp and, like, uh, you know, hick, hick, or, uh, uh, Astrid had a very sharp face and very, uh, you know, and everybody had, like, really sharp shoulder pads and, like, yeah. very angular motions of their things. And uh, it was based... You could kind of tell, like, either it was technologically based or, like, executive decision of, like, now soften that up. It's got to look like a Pixar movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you know, Astrid has a very soft face by the end of it. So does Hiccup. Like, his face kind of softens and a, he doesn't have as, like, harsh of a nose that you would... That he mm-hmm. does in like his uh, his concept art, and it's like and that makes sense. Like that they that, you know they have to like we have to make it commercially viable for kids. We have to smooth everything out. I just look at Pixar movie, and I think that's a bad decision. I think yeah. whenever you can go for something to look different and new, I think you should go for it, even mm. if it's risky. You know, it's well, like yeah. you know, it's like because yeah, but look what because like, you got you got uh, Spider Verse. You know, mm-hmm. Spider Verse. Yeah, that was. It looks so beautiful. It's not doesn't look like anything we've ever seen. They before. they really knew how to f- fluidly and, combine different animations mm-hmm. to create yeah such convincing anim- yeah, such yeah. convincing film. Yeah, exactly. And what was so good about it was that it, they took a three D animation and they made it look two D in a lot yeah. of ways. They they animated on twos, meaning every other frame. Mm, that's what I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah on okay. twos. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, which yeah, animating on twos. Uh, which is every other frame. Uh, they, you know, they, they put a texture over it to make them look flatter than mm-hmm. they would normally. They put flat uh, effect, comic book effects over top of it. Mm-hmm. They made they took something three D and they made it look two D. Klaus is the opposite of yeah. taking the two D and making it look more three D. And they end up looking sort of similar in a lot. Yeah, of ways. that's what I was gonna say. Is yeah. like the whenever you yeah. look at both the movies, they mm-hmm. look really like hand in hand yeah yeah there's a very there's a there's a real similarity to them because the lighting effect is sort of like this one's trying to mimic being 3d and this one's trying to mimic being 2d so Mm -hmm. that sort of meshes in the middle so making something look different to me i think is always a better option because that's how the next step is going to be taken yeah so the fact that you know uh into the spider-verse was a commercial success and was you know won the Oscar beat Disney yeah for the first Disney or, <laughs> Disney or Pixar which is also Disney like for the first time in how many years for best ever? animated film I think ever I don't yeah, think they've it's probably ever <laughs> I don't think they've ever not had best animated film there's pro there might be a DreamWorks out there that did it once I'd have to look it up unless Shrek it's, did it it's possible or, or possible maybe Shrek, uh, Shrek two might have Shrek two was pretty maybe big. Prince of Egypt. You know, it's so underappreciated. I bet it didn't. It's like, yeah. I love Prince of Egypt. Oh my god, that's so, a good movie. I'd have to look it up. Um, but uh, but you know, like for the first time, like hey, Sony got a frickin' Sony got a frickin' uh, uh, Oscar yeah. for animation. I, okay, you weren't gonna convince me of that ever. <laughs> it's like Sony animation. The guys that did Smurfs, like. This was a weird, this was a weird decade. It's a weird decade, man. So, but um, <laughs> uh, it's a weird two years actually. But yeah, so anything that can kind of combat with the the status quo of how things look. That's why I like Paperman so much. Oh god, Paperman is so gorgeous, and I'm waiting for Disney to do. And they want to. They've said mm-hmm. it. I'm waiting for Disney to do a movie of Paperman. The algorithm that they made for Paperman doesn't do color very well, mm-hmm. which is why they had to abandon it. It was originally going to be for Moana, 
Moana was going to look like that, and it was pretty, really yeah, it was going to be put. It was going to Moana wasn't going to come out to like twenty twenty. Like it was gonna, it was going to look like that, but apparently that algorithm didn't work well with color as much. Huh. Uh, they did use part of that algorithm during uh, during uh, uh, his, Maui's song. Yeah, yeah, during okay. Maui's song with the that that was part of the algorithm of how that worked. So okay, uh, which was cool. So there was another thing yeah. that came out recently that looked a lot like Paper Man. Yeah, I can't believe yeah. it. Uh, there's that. There's that. I that again. Paperman also has that 101 Dalmatians look. Yeah. To them, okay. Yeah. That's they, it. they have that. You know, it, it has that that look to them. That the way that those caricatures are, and uh, I just love that that classic Disney design that this one has. It's so beautiful. And like I said, like you know, Alpha, she has a very sharp face in this, but she's beautiful. Like she looks soft. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Even yeah. though she has that very sharp chin and very, you know, robust nose and everything, everybody looks so. Well, they they really know how to change, even change the characters across because mm-hmm. even the man with the uh, two dogs in the beginning, yeah, yeah. he looks <laughs> terrifying. He yeah. looks like a hard statue <laughs> in the very beginning. He, he looks like an undertaker. <laughs> and then and then towards the end, after he's built a uh, playground for his kids, yeah, like the sun looks up on him and mm-hmm. his skin just looks soft and he looks happy, happy and he's smiling and just like a little crooked smile turning up and ah it's, it's so good it's so the, beautiful the dogs are still terrifying yes oh my god <laughs> they're, they're, they're mangy and horrible looking they look awful throughout the whole movie they, they remind me of Sharky the shark dog from Eek the Cat I don't know if you know who that I is I can't say but... it <laughs> <laughs> no one remembers Eek the Cat man because it's not streaming anywhere they need to put Eek the Cat up on something Eek the Cat was great <laughs> Eek the Cat was awesome um, but um, yeah yeah man it's uh, it, it, and, and like you said like the way people look and um when they're not moving, they look like statues. They, do. they look statuesque, which is something new to me because, like, when I was a kid, I always knew when something was going to move in a cartoon. Yeah, and I didn't understand it as a kid, obviously. But it's like you can look at something, and you can see because it's not painted into the background. Yeah, that's going to move because it's it's standing out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So even if it's not moving, you know that 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 thing's going to be look important. Up so that's going to be important. That's going to move because it's not painted into the background. As a kid, I don't know this. I just know it looks different. And it's going to move. Um, that's not the case here. No, because there are things in the background that like open an eye and they start moving, like the like the the chicken in the background, like in yeah. one of them. Like it looked like just a piece of the background, but then it starts to move, and it's like oh, because it's the same yeah. lighting effect on everything. Yeah. So it's like I've never seen this before. It was blowing nothing my... sitting still. Yeah, it was blowing my mind. I and loved if, it. If you pay attention to the background throughout throughout the whole movie, yeah. like you'll notice like little things here and there. Like you yeah. notice whenever uh, Jasper he got up quickly from a uh, from getting out of a chimney. Yeah, and there were two deer mounted yeah right behind him and, and then there was one that was missing in the middle and that's where jasper was his head like pops up right where the things were going to mount to to signify like oh he's gonna get shot he is, you know? yeah it's great it's, it's great so uh there's that i didn't notice the giant uh fish carcass uh, oh, at the yeah. beginning like i forgot about that that was established at the beginning that becomes a christmas tree later mm-hmm. on uh man it, and then like uh there's one scene where he's talking to the ferryman yeah and you just see in the background that uh, someone shot a cannon at another house and <laughs> blew out the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, very Looney Tunes style. And yes. it's like yeah, it's like boof, the whole side of the of the thing comes by. The the way they nonchalant that was always that was pretty fun. The way they nonchalantly were just like messing with each other. Yeah. The old the old lady like with the little bucket like just going up onto the stones like shoot me miss any letters and she just splashes it on her neighbor's <laughs> clean clothes. It's just like. 
What, what is this world? What a jerk move. Like, it's like, why would you do that? Like, just like in the morning, time to go mess up my neighbor's, you know, yep. like bed sheets. Like, what is the purpose of this? The drive-by harpoonings you know, oh that gosh. they would throw into things. Like, it's, it's hilarious to me. Like, I love it. it. And that, and then like they would... They started to one up each other with like it started off as like one upping each other with like kindness. Yeah. Cause uh she took some berry like the kids took berries over to the over or cranberries from their from their uh No, they uh, picked the berries for picked her. the berries for her. that's what they picked the berries for her, and then they put the berries on uh the other porch. So then they made jam for over and like begrudgingly like here's jam. I mean it's like <laughs> since you picked the berries. Well here's, here's some cake. Ja- well here's some cake with the jam on it. And it's just <laughs> like they they like would begrudgingly go back and forth until they were just friends. Like yeah. it was great. Like it's just great little loony little. That's little, how you made friends, right? Yeah, just, just yeah you you bitter acts. Yeah, just bitter, bitter acts of kindness. Yeah, bitter. Yeah, it's like just just trying to one up somebody and then, <laughs> then finally like oh yeah I guess we'll just be nice about it. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, so it, it's pretty. It, it's it's great little little moments like that. It's mm-hmm. and I, I love it and just the idea of the teaching hatred for hatred's sake. You know, <laughs> like just what what a, what a great bit of villainy. You know, it's like that's that's one thing I miss in Disney movies nowadays. They always have to have a secret villain or some type of like. Uh, you know, like, they, they always have to be a three-dimensional person. Well, not they even can't that, just hate each other. Not even that. It's like it's like it's like it's just like oh, it's a secret villain, you know, because like the friggin' Zootopia and Frozen yeah. and it's like like Wreck It Ralph, like they all had to be like the secret, like oh, who's the villain type thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I miss the days when Jafar rolled up in scene one, and you're just like, and you knew that the was bad the guy. bad guy because he was sending a guy to his death. Like it's like that's the villain, and that's. Yes. You know, you knew Ursula was the you bad got, guy. You got a red right hand yeah. there, buddy. You, you knew, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you, it's like you knew Hades was the bad guy. You yeah. knew Clayton was the bad guy. You knew these people were. And I miss that. And that's what this brings back. It's just like you know these people aren't going to be. Although cool they it. really don't have the same gravitas. No, as, they don't have gravitas. As, no, not at no. all. They're they're but they're, they're, they're fun. Just, they're, they're fun. They're, they're fun villains. They're incompetent villains. They're very much. They remind me of Isma and uh, Kronk. Oh my god! Yeah, that's it's very, perfect. Because you, you mentioned it's the crooked old woman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> idiot. You, you mentioned that, that it has a lot of vibes of uh, of. Um, uh, uh, Emperor's New Emperor's Groove. New Groove, and like that 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 also kind of stuff. Oh yeah, because like they're very comedic group of villains yeah. they're not really they're not super threatening they're doing a threatening thing but they're not super threatening they're no. just they're kind of these goofy people that have this ridiculous idea of tradition of being hatred you know it's like it's like it's a tr- proud thing to be hateful you know just like it's crazy you know just madness you know it's like hatred for hatred's sake um and you know it, it, again it's 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 that i miss that i miss mm-hmm. that old school kind of thing i want I want bad guys to be bad guys again. It's 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 supposed to be simple. This is fairy tales, man. You gotta you gotta simplify. Like no. I, I, I like having depth to certain things, like that's yeah. fine too, but like if you're just gonna have like a secret bad guy villain, if if your villain is secret and it's just gonna end up being a bad person anyway, then why hide it? You know, like that's why, fair. why make it the sheep from what, Zootopia? What's your opinion you know? on uh what's your opinion on uh villains who are not entirely villainous. Uh, I do like that. I, yeah. I, I appreciate that as well. It's just like I I don't like things to be reused over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. That's really what I. That's really what it comes yeah. down to. And the secret villain thing is just all Disney does now. It is. It, yeah. they, 
sure, like, like it was novel when it happened because it's like, oh, hey, they don't have like a villain in this movie. That oh, was a good change of pace. There it is. Or a movie that doesn't have a villain at all, like Wreck-It Ralph 2 doesn't have an actual no. antagonist, although that's a weak movie. So <laughs> Bad example. Bad example, but still. Uh, but it did, it did do, I, I for one think Frozen, the first one, would have worked without a villain. I think yeah. the conflict of what was happening was just better without having a villain there. If like Hans actually didn't really love Anna at all and yeah. he didn't know it, like, cause they just met. So like mm-hmm. him trying to save her didn't work. And so then his last resort was that he had to take, to kill Elsa. Like to yeah. save, like that would have been just as compelling. That would have been just as compelling as him just being like, I'm the villain now. Like <laughs> it just was like, okay, like that would have been just as compelling, like even more so I would argue because then there's no actual villain. It's just a misunderstanding and, you know, and exactly. like uh, this is the only thing that we can do. Like I think that would have been much more interesting uh, for that movie. That said, um, I also really like bad guys and I miss them. <laughs> <laughs> like, and they, they don't have as much punch to them as they used to. I miss the good old Jafar days. I miss mm. it's probably why I enjoyed um, uh, Princess and the Frog so much, even mm. though that was Disney's last foray into 2D animation yes. because it bit them so hard and they got didn't you know didn't do well box office wise so they yeah. so they didn't want to they didn't want to jump back into it and i was like ah oh, it's a shame because it's so good i will but, say uh you know. not a movie but a series uh dragon prince has a fantastic villain oh yeah that's that's deep and but i expect that from aaron ahas you know like yes. that's you know yes. like i i expect depth from the villains when the guy mm. who wrote Avatar is writing oh, it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, even though Azula's not very deep either, but... <laughs> no, but <laughs> nor, yeah. is, nor is Ozai, but they're great. They're great villains. They're, they're great. That's the point. They're yeah. intimidating. But Zuko, one of the greatest story arcs in all of animation. Great. You know, best redemption like, arc. So, best in... redemption arc ever. Ever. Period. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so, you know, he was a villain, and he was a great villain, and he became a great good guy. So, you know, th- of course, there's, there's different... I just like to see different things. Yes. And the idea that, like, here's this old nod to Disney movies, this old nod to old school mm-hmm. Christmas things. You got some good bad guys with black hearts that can't be stiffened. And they, I don't know of any you know, Disney movies with decent bad guys, though. Yeah, well, you know, that, well, that's what I mean. It's yeah. just like, but yeah, they just have evil black evil hearts and that's they the just, point they of just them. hate for hate Dr. F- Facilier was great in in, uh, in Prince and the Frog you know mm-hmm. or Mother Gothel I think was the last one wasn't she she was like the last one that was like really like she here's was, yeah. the bad guy villain in a Disney flick I think that was the yeah. last one last decent villain there, there wasn't a secret villain that showed up later like the sheep from Zootopia and mm-hmm. all in Hans and all I'm that I'm trying to think so. of recent movies now <laughs> I know right I'm trying to think of all the recent stuff they had so you know like maybe that's gonna happen I, you know I, I like things to be different I like different types of stories you have uh, again Coco love Coco but again secret villain I thought they did yeah. a good. I thought they did a good. Did that a good was a job. good twist. It was a good twist because because yeah. the whole like because the whole trailer was very much like, oh, this is his granddad. Yeah, or this is his great grandfather. It's like yeah. it was like, no, no, it's not. It's <laughs> like not, it's like but... which you know like well again like I thought like oh his great grandfather is just evil like, yeah. like but then it turns out oh it's not him at all. It's, not, no. it's this character. Spoilers for Coco. <laughs> <laughs> I came out two years two, ago. Yeah, you know, it's like three, two, three years ago, something like that. But, um, yeah, no, that. Yeah. I like that secret villain. That it was. was that yes. was well done, and it, it, it didn't... Everything about Coco was well done, because oh it was one of the best... It was the best A to B script I've ever seen. Therefore, mm. this leads to this. Therefore, this leads to this. Therefore, this yes. leads to this. Everything made sense. They even solved the problem, the, the immediate problem, 
15 minutes into the movie, which mm-hmm. is him getting home. Yeah. Like, they know how to do it, but they place a condition which he doesn't want to agree to, and therefore we move on. Yeah. Therefore he goes here. Therefore it moves to here. Therefore it moves here. It's a great therefore script, which yes. is a, a form of writing that uh, Trey Parker from South Park talks about. Whenever you can change your ands and buts to therefores, mm-hmm. you have a better flowing script, which is why South Park mm-hmm. flows so well. He tries so very hard to change, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. If you can change that to... Therefore, this happens. Therefore, this happens. Therefore, this which happens. Which Klaus does a phenomenal job of and, doing. And, so also as well. Exactly. Because he takes it, very specific conditions yep. to get to each point. Yep, exactly. And then the montage happens. And, and then the montage happens. Therefore, therefore. It's just the, a bunch of therefore. Exactly. Therefore, the kids do this. Therefore, the, uh, the grown-ups do this. Therefore, there's more letters. Therefore, Jesper does this. And, you know, yeah. that's, that's how you make a good, a good through line for things. You just got to do it that way but yeah man i uh who wrote this thing I, i'm trying to look a uh, story by sergio pablos man he did everything man. oh and jason schwartzman that makes perfect sense so, oh well, yeah. yeah or no starring jason schwartzman sorry story by sergio pablos <laughs> my bad so i thought he wrote it as well so it's <laughs> like but uh jason schwartzman plays jesper and uh he does JK, a fantastic job yeah jk simmons and all that man it's good stuff will sasso rashida jones like just norm mcdonald john cusack i forgot john cusack was in it uh, but I'm pretty sure Joy, I'm pretty sure Will Sasso's the big. He's the bad guy. He's the fat. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Elling Bow. I think that's who that is. Um, but yeah, man. I forgot Joan Cusack. No, Joan Cusack was the. Um, she was the evil. She was the evil lady. I think. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's who it was. Uh, but yeah, man. It's it's good stuff. I love it. I, yep, that's it. Uh, Joan Mary Cusack. Uh, yeah, it, it's but a great it's a great movie, man. It's beautiful. I, I it's fantastic. It. It, It'll give you so many feels. Mm-hmm. All the fifis. All the fifis. All the fifis. I like. I I got I got a warm feeling in my heart like three times. Like three <laughs> times. It's like, uh, what is that song in this movie too? That's like really like, it, it's it's really pungent. Uh, it's when they give the girl the the boat. Yeah. Like, oh man, like it's like oof, like it's really it it really gets me. Like I can't. Uh, man, it's going to. That's going to be a Christmas another Christmas classic song. Yeah, it really is. There we go. Uh, Invisible by Zara Lawson by Zara Larson. Yep, Larson. Yep, that's it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's great. So, absolutely love it. Uh, How do you like me now? By the heavy. That's right. <laughs> I forgot that was in this. That was after the naughty list thing. Yes. About it. Uh, it was great stuff. But yeah, yeah. Invisible by uh, by Zara Lawson. Zara Larson. Uh, it's a good little song, man. It's, it's touching. It's, it's touching little song. Oh. It's, it's it's one of those like poppy. Uh, it, it is poppy. It, it's a, it's one but of those. Yeah. It's good change of pace. I, I got it's no fun. problem with pop. I got no oh. problem with pop at all. But it's one of those like it's one of those like poppy Disney type songs that you yeah. hear in those types of movies, and you know it was good. This isn't a musical by any stretch. No. This isn't the type where you have. And good, it doesn't need to be. Good song. No, it doesn't need to be a musical. You don't need to. The score was perfect. The score and the the, the emotions that they give off were great. Um, you know the the use of this song was phenomenal this mm-hmm. was you know because you kind of had that 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 second act down trodden parts where you get to learn about uh klaus's wife and you know what happened to her and you know he's but then again that that's when jesper has his moment of like hey man let's do it for for doing it you know yeah. it's like it's not about this anymore it's about let's just do it for the little song girl yeah right it was like, let's do it for let's do it for your wife let's do it yeah. you know it's like he didn't say it which is a great moment where he hands oh. it the planer and he's just like hey I just went, and he just like points down he's like don't want to talk about that not yet, it's like, not yet. It's like, he's like I'm not 
not ready for that yet. Just focus and, on this. And it was really good because then he later on confesses to him and everything. And, yeah. like, and that's when Jesper should have confessed, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. We have to we have to hit some of the trope notes, I guess, and that's fine. Um, but uh, that's that that's what Klaus is, man. Klaus is the Christmas spirit embodied into into Sergio Pablos's um, uh, entire uh, feature here because. Apparently he did everything. He did the screenplay. He did the story. He did, you know, he directed it. He produced it. He. If uh, that's the case, yeah, I can't I mean, wait for this man to do more. You know, he he started a whole freaking company for it. So mm-hmm. you know, it's like, SPA. I, if I, this is the first thing his company's produced, then yeah, which it is, uh, Sergio Pablo's Animation Studios. Uh, well, I mean, technically they did Despicable Me, but they did that for Universal Pictures and yeah. other. You know, it's like there, there's there's things that they've done, but. Um, well, that he's done, that is. But his studio, I think this is the first thing that Spa Studio has done. And so, he deserves as much yeah. credit as he deserves yeah. all the attention. Yep, he deserves all of it. It's all his, and it's all it all belongs to him. <laughs> and Netflix, I guess, because they picked it up. So, you know. mm-hmm. and Netflix picked it up, and uh, I'm I'm hoping there's more stuff to come. I'm sure there is. I could probably look that up uh, in a moment, actually, which I'm going to do now, um, and see uh, what else they've done. Uh, oh, they they actually just do client work. Okay, that's interesting. So they oh, okay. they've worked for Netflix, they've worked for Universal, Blue Sky. So yeah, so they've actually done other work. I guess is technically what they've done. But this is the first one that they've fully produced themselves, mm-hmm. as you can tell by their website, which basically just has all of Klaus's stuff on here. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, they did work some did work on Rio, did work on Foosball, they did some. Uh, oh, there's Tarzan. what there's they did. Tarzan Treasure Planet. Yeah, he, he did a okay, yeah, yeah. Sergio did some of that. So That's pers- right. Personal work by Sergio. Yeah. Oh, did they work on Smurfs? Remember, I was talking about that. Earlier? Yeah, we yeah. talking about how great can, that was. Can I talk about? I want to do an episode on the third Smurf movie. I would love yes. an episode on that. You know why? Because it was a good movie. Because it was good. <laughs> you, you know why it was good? Because there was no live action. They didn't go to the real world. That's why it was good. Also, they didn't make the Smurfs look like weird, creepy homunculi freaks. They just looked like Smurfs. Yeah, how the Smurfs look they, they from did. a cartoon. So yeah, it's like I mean. Look, also, they have a great cast in that too. Yeah, it's a good cast. See how they look like creepy homunculi freaks with like their weird ears and their eyes, and they just look like monsters and everything. Mm-hmm. That's not how they look in the third one. <laughs> uh, they actually look like cartoons in the third one. It's and it's and it's good. I mean, it's not a great movie by any stretch, but it's uh, it's a good movie. It's fine. It's it, good. It's a good movie. It's good. It's not great by any stretch, but it's oh, good. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's perfectly yeah, everything fine. Everything has play. to be great. Brandon. No, not everything that, has to be great. I stop didn't, holding everything to high I expectations. I like to hold things. Stop to high giving it. Stop giving yourself high hopes I for like, a living. I ha, ha, <laughs> I got it. Uh, but yeah, I like to hold things to high expectations because then we can expect better things to come of it, like That's Klaus. Fine. You know, you think they were like, ah, just do whatever with it. No, they held themselves to high standards. I mean, so, they they said that for yeah. Into the Spider Verse, just yeah. do whatever with it, and well, then they did an amazing job. With well, it. yeah, but they they had high standards for That's themselves. Fair. You know, uh, but there you go, boom, that's it. Go we watch it. Klaus. Go watch Klaus. It's fantastic. Uh, I absolutely love it, and you'll love it too. Watch it with your kids. Don't watch it with your kids. Choke up a little bit. Get into the Christmas spirit. Fire up the fireplace, throw on Netflix if you haven't watched it Drink yet. some cocoa. Drink some cocoa and watch this movie because it's fantastic for the whole family. Yes. And uh, that's going to do it for this episode, Jay. Thanks for being on. Always a pleasure. Appreciate it, as always. And you can check out 
this podcast, as you know, uh, on DestinationComics.com slash DNN, AnimationDestination.com. You can also check us out on iTunes and Podcaster and all the other places you can get podcasts because there's a thousand of them to do so. Yeah. Uh, Blueberry, all those things. You can <laughs> check them out there. You can also check us out on Facebook, Animation Destination, and on Twitter, AnimationPod. That's it for this week. Uh, we got stuff lined up for next week, so... I'm sure. Stay tuned! That's it for this week. Next week, it's the new year. So, happy new year. Happy new year. It's 2020 after this one, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Best of 2019 coming up. Stay tuned. <laughs>